0: Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song.
1: Good morning. good morning. Are you happy to be here? Yes. That's good. So, I brought this up here because I wanted to remind you about the pink envelopes. The pink envelopes are for Baptist Children's Home and Family Services. It's their Mother's Day offering. We take, we take this Mother's Day uh, in May, and it, they cover a lot of things. There's the Children's Home down in Carmi. there's Angels Cove, there is um, Faith Adoption Ministry. Grace Haven Pregnancy Center, and then Pathways Counseling, and so the way I look at that, they're helping people all the way through the process. The Pathways Counseling can actually be done here in Carlinville, and so what we're trying, what they're trying to do, is minister to the families. So hopefully nobody ends up down in Carmi, but when that happens, it's a great place. I shared before; um, I know some people that have been there. And uh, we, we rode down the motorcycles. We'd take them for a ride. And somebody from Southwestern School District was down there. So it's people close to home that actually end up down there. And your gift, guess what? Helps them help those kids and help those families. So encourage you to give. Tonight at 6 o'clock after the graduation party over in the other building, we've got three classes coming up. So Lisa is doing putting the x in x through anxiety Uh, randy's doing comparative denominations and richard is doing the chosen study okay if you've watched the chosen you've heard about it he's on season one episode three two okay he's on episode two you'll come in and they'll talk about that and have a discussion about them been good discussions been good classes encourage you to show back up at six o'clock for those activities and for those classes uh, let's see. Wednesday night is Prayer and Share. We had our business meeting last week, Prayer and Share this week. Here's what I want to do this Wednesday night, and this is an opportune thing. Uh, right now media, all of you have right now media available to you. If, I have, if you'll give me your email, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in there. They will send you a link and you can sign up. What that gives you access to is I'm sure over 10,000 videos at this point. When we signed up, there were eight or 9,000. And they just keep adding videos, videos by names that you would recognize. In other words, there's no videos by Cliff, okay? <laughs> but videos out there that you can watch and study. As a matter of fact, you can actually do a study with somebody else out of state, okay? So Wednesday night, I want to talk a little bit about right now. If you don't use right now or you want to know a little bit more about how to use it, Come back come Wednesday night and we'll talk about that. So Tuesday afternoon, somebody called me and wants to get us up to date and so that we know how to use everything that's at our at our disposal. We I also found out we had good usage, and that's great to know because that's a free service to you guys that you're paying for as in your offerings and so encourage you to come out wednesday night and we'll talk about that along with praying and along with looking at god's word just for a little bit so encourage you to be there so the reason i'm up here today because i didn't want to have anybody else have to carry this up i don't have a name for this but if you were at our membership class you know that part of what we we hope that you would do is give your tithe and offering so remember that pink envelope I talked about? If you put some money in there, be it a check, uh, you can probably drop your credit card off. We'll get it back to you. But <laughs> see if anybody's that brave. Okay. Nick will take care of that. But if you want to put a check or you want to put some cash in here, if you'll drop this, this is new. We had an offering plate out there. And, and I asked Tom, showed Tom a picture. Tom, raise your hand. Yeah, okay. Okay. Tom made three of these. Okay, so there's one in each door now. And so when you come in, if you come in with your offering or you're leaving and you want to give an offering, grab an envelope. There's one on each side and you can place it in inside of there and we'll get that. So just know that we have the capacity to do that. That's new. Saw it at somebody else's church and I thought uh, that would be a great thing for us to do because part of being a Christian is supporting the work of God. And so this is how we do that. So I encourage you, uh, to, do, to do so. So we're all happy that you're here. You know, the next thing we're going to do is pray. And that's where we get to talk to God. Uh, Charlie Baker, one of our deacons, he's going to come up and he's going to lead us in prayer. And you get to join with him as he takes us to the throne of God and lifts up the requests that are on your heart and the ones that he will speak. Charlie? Charlie?
2: Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Thank you, thank you, thank you Lord for sending your son to die on the cross for us. We thank you for this beautiful weather that you've given to us, the eyesight that we can see Lord and we can hear and and feel you at at work all around us. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for our pastor that uh, you've given them a message, Lord, to, uh, to challenge us this week, Lord, to walk closer to you, to be more mature, but also for those uh, in this congregation and in this hearing, Lord, that, that may be able to, not to say, I don't know Jesus as my Savior and Lord, but by the end of this session, Lord, that we will know beyond a benefit of a doubt that you are our Savior. Our hope, Lord, and our prayer is that as we leave today, that we might uh, leave with full expectation of being bold in our witness this week, Lord, and that we might be able to share your love, because a lot of them, uh, that's the only thing that they see is uh, is us, as your uh, hands and feet, Lord, here on this earth. And we just want to say thank you again for all that you do for us, for us in your son's name we do pray, amen. amen
0: please stand with me once again and we'll worship through song who breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory The King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder. And leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory. The King above all kings. This is amazing grace. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory. Who rules the nations with truth and justice. Shines like the sun in all of His brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is a lamb who was slain. Worthy is a king who conquered the grave. Worthy is a lamb who was slain worthy is a king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is a king who conquered the grave worthy is a lamb who was slain worthy 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 this is amazing This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You laid down your life That I would be set free. Oh Jesus I sing for that you've done for me. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise treasures that fade are never enough then you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied Here Not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. The mountain is the god of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. you turn morning to dancing you get beauty for ashes you turn shave into glory you're the only one who can you turn morning shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. nothing is better than you. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the to gardens you turn bones into armies you turn seas into highways you're the only
1: You guys got your Bibles, if not, it's going to be on the screen. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. I'll be reading out in the New American Standard. That's what's on the screen. You can follow along with whatever you got. And guess what? We're going to actually get through the second chapter. And so we can look forward to the third chapter. But I want to really, you know, as we walk through this, we sang that song, He's the only one that can. Uh, Lord, there's nothing better than you. When you understand that, do you know how when we look at what, because here's what happens, guys, and we're going to be talking about that as we walk through this. The idea, the enemy wants to, to tell you that Jesus isn't enough. That, that there's something else out there. And I want you to know, if you understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you, you understand the, those words you turn mourning into, dancing, etc., when you get that, when you put your foundation on Jesus, He's the only one. There is nothing better than Jesus. All right. So here we are, and we're gonna talk about Antichrist today. Talk about Antichrist today. Don't get your hopes up. Okay? <laughs> just just gonna tell you that right out the gate. There are some themes, and, and so so here's what we so some of you have not been here to walk through this. But if you're familiar with the Gospel of John, it's where John writes about Jesus from the beginning and dying on the cross and the resurrection. He covers all of that and all of the teachings. He walks with Jesus, the miracles, etc. And so he writes that so that we we might have faith. So we might know who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and so that we might have faith. And now... We're looking at 1 John through the lens of I'm a Christian, now what? right? Here's, here, I wrote this so that you could be a Christian. I want you to know this is how you need to live as a Christian. And that's what we're going to look at in the book of 1 John. So follow along with that. So here are the themes that he covers, and we're going to cover these themes again. This is just to repeat light, righteousness, love, and assurance. He writes this so that we would know that we are a Christian. How do I know that I'm a Christian? That's the assurance part. It talks about light. That's who Jesus is. talks about righteousness, which is His righteousness, not our righteousness, but, but the, His righteousness and the love that He had because He was on the cross for us. So, as we walk through this, here's been the easy approach that, that we can look at, particularly talking about assurance. You belong to Christ if and that's, this is the checklist, right? You belong to Christ if, and, and some of those things that we talked about was the idea that, that you belong to Christ if you're trying not to sin. You're uncomfortable with your sin. Your goal, we talked about this, we talked about raising our standard, right? We talked about raising our standard. So often we just don't want to sin too much. Well, our goal, if we're going to be Christ-like, is to do what? Is not to sin at all. So we're going to set that standard knowing that we're probably not going to make it. But that's where his forgiveness and his grace comes in. So that's what, we, that's what John has a shooting for. You belong to Christ if you're trying to live like Christ, and that means to lead a sinless life, to get that out, to, to work on that. You belong to Christ if you understand that you have a new relationship. You aren't, you're, not, you're not coupled with Satan anymore. You're not coupled with the world anymore. You belong. You are the bride of of Christ, right? You belong to the bride of Christ. You belong to the church. You are a child of God, not a child of the world any longer. So we're talking about that new relationship. So what happens here in the latter part of the the verses that we're going to read is John flips the script. He flips the script for a moment, and and we look at it from a different aspect. Here, you belong to Christ if you don't belong to Christ if is what we're going to look at today. So we're going to flip that script and we're going to find out, here's the people that don't belong to Christ. Here's the people that don't belong to Christ. Uh, these are things that we, we don't want to pursue. So let's pick it up in the 18th verse of the second chapter of 1 John. <coughs> Excuse me. Children, again, he uses that phrase. He identified Th- These people are precious to him. Children, it is the last hour And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out, so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son also has has the Father also. As for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise which he himself made to us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness, is born of him. Let's talk about the last hour. Excuse me for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about the last hour. John writes this a long time ago. Somewhere, you know, short of 2,000 years ago. He writes about the last hour. Why is that important for us to understand? Because if John lived like 2,000 years ago, and he expected Jesus to come back anytime, we also ought to live with that same expectancy. Really, we ought to. So, so let, me, let me ask you this question, just so that we can relate to this. We want to be ready, and that's what John is trying to get at, at us with. At, he's trying us to, uh, for us to understand. We want to be ready when Jesus comes back. We don't want to shrink in shame. So that means we need to be ready. How many of you would you consider that your house is ready for company? I'm, you know, I'm just asking that question. I'm not, I, you know, if, if you want to raise your hand, I can stop by. <laughs> it doesn't look like I have any invites at this point, right? So here's what happens, right? When, let's, let's, let's identify with that. When will your house be ready for company? When you know that they're coming. Right? So, so don't drop by my house unexpectedly because... Lisa will go in panic. You know that anxiety class she's teaching? It will all come undone. You show up. Not, hey, we're here to visit you. Oh, no. You know, um, <laughs> so we have a little bell in the driveway. We got about 30 seconds of warning before you get out of the car door. Okay? You want to see her move fast, right? Okay, just show up. We're here. All right? So you get that, right? I'm, I'm going to guess that the same is, it's the same at your house. But what John says this in this is, we need to have our house ready now, because we don't know when he's coming back, and we need to live with that expectancy as if it's the last hour that he's coming home. We, it needs to be like we're in a kid. We, we were when we were a kid, a teenager, and we had chores that we were supposed to do. We ought to be in the same frame of mind. When we, like we were when we heard the t- car tires hit the driveway, <laughs> right? I mean, everything's going to get ready now. I mean, that's the attitude that we ought to have. We ought to live in that last hour as if he could come back. What, th- what happens is, is because he's not come back for 2,000 years, all of a sudden we get into this lull, and we let our life get a mess. We're looking for the signs of the end times, hence the Antichrist, and we're trying to figure it out. Well, you know, the world's not quite enough of a mess today, so I'm okay. We need to live like he's coming back today. I'm ready. I don't know how ready my house is. Let's get our house ready. Let's talk about the antichrist, man. When you see that word, you're woo. We're going to talk about the preacher is going to talk about the antichrist today. <clears throat> I'm not naming names, okay? I mean that's that's you know you know the fascination has always been throughout Christian history. Who's the antichrist? There are countless books that have been published about an antichrist, about the. Antich- With names, by the way. And then pretty soon that guy dies. Well, that book's really cheap now. But what John talks about is not the Antichrist singular, that one person that he's going to talk about in Revelation. He talks about the Antichrist. Okay? Plural. Plural. Talks about the Antichrist plural. Who are these guys? The Antichrist plural that he's talking about. These are when we understand the Antichrist, right? It's the, the, the opponent of Jesus. The enemy uh, of Jesus. I mean, worse than Cubs and Cardinals, right? The enemy of Jesus. The Antichrist not the antichrist they fall into the category of the one who opposes christ and here's what we read in the scriptures those who falsely claimed authority that's what the antichrist does he sets himself up in a position of authority even though it's not been given We've seen that, right? We see at times in our life when somebody takes charge, and it's not really their job to take charge. But that's what John is identifying here in the church. We had people who claimed authority but had no authority. They claimed authority, but they had no authority. He also says, you know, it's anyone who is opposed to Jesus. Anyone who is opposed to Jesus falls into the category of Antichrist. Be careful how we use the term, but anyone who's opposed to Jesus. Now, what John does, John makes it a black and white line. There's no maybe you are, maybe you're not. This is not a, you know, when you get one of those things, those surveys, extremely satisfied, extremely dissatisfied, kind of satisfied, kind of not satisfied, and then, you know, kind of, kind of, not satisfied, kind of, kind of, satisfied, satisfied, you know, there's like five or six things up there. When John's talking about being a follower and being an Antichrist, it's two. You're one or the other. You're in the light or you're in the darkness. That's how he describes it. There's not, there's not any of this gray, fuzzy ground, maybe, kind of, not, whatever. It's either you are or you're not. And that's important because what he's addressing is us as Christians. And he wants us to answer that question, are you or are you not? We don't want to fall into this camp of maybe, maybe not. We want to fall, I want to know that I'm a believer. I want to know that I can live out the faith. I also want to know if I'm not in the right camp. You know, because what I don't want is a false sense of hope. We don't want this a false sense of hope. I want to know that I know Jesus or I don't know Jesus. Because when I figure that out, if I figure out I'm in the wrong camp, I figured it out, that means I have time. God's showing that to me so that I can make a change. God's revealing that to me. Hey, I know you think you're going to heaven, but you don't know me. You're in the wrong camp. You're in the darkness still. That means I need to come to the light. So John wants that out there. And he says about these Antichrists, what they went out from us. They went out from us. They're not authentic. I, I find this, this fascinating and also troublesome. I you know how you are when you get to this part of the chapter. But it's, he talks about the Antichrist. They they went out from us. Do you understand what that means? That they were with us? They were in the church for a while. They were claiming authority in the church for a while. They were teaching in the church for a while. But it says they went out from us. They went out from us. And so let's talk a little bit about it. It says they were once in our midst, okay? They were once in our midst. They once belonged. They heard, in other words, they sat in Sunday school. They sat in discipleship classes on Sunday night. They sat in, in, sang the songs, listened to the preacher. They heard the same message everybody else did. They heard what you heard, but they never embraced it. They never embraced it. And he says, remember remember when he talks about the actions? Actions matter. You know, you can, I'm going to guess right now any one of us can say I'm a Christian. It's easy enough to say. I, I could also say I'm a, I, I'm, I can hit a fastball from a major league pitcher until I actually have to do it. <laughs> you get that? We were on a trip one time, and they, let us, they took us to San Diego Stadium. And I felt really good. We went down in the, in, underneath the stadium where they do batting practice where you can't see it. And they put one of those major league pitchers up there. I mean, he wasn't the top guy. But they put him up there. And I, like, hit the first pitch. I'm feeling pretty good. Until he actually pitched major league pitching. <laughs> and then it was all over with, right? So I, my actions didn't bear out what I would say. They took us out and we could bat from second base and aim for the wall. I'm all homer, right? I'm, I'm, I'm Martin McGuire, Hank Aaron, whatever, right? I don't know that I got it past the net where the guy was pitching from behind. You know, my actions didn't back up what I thought. And that's what he's saying here is he says, they don't practice righteousness. These people, the Antichrists, those who were with us, they're out there, and they're not practicing righteousness. In other words, they're not seeking to live a life without sin. They're seeking to justify a life with sin. That's what the that's difference. They're not seeking to live a, a, a life like Christ. They just continue to justify their sinfulness. They're not seeking to live a righteous life. They're falling short of it, and they're proud of it. That's the difference between the believer and the Antichrist. It remi- I, I, found, I found this to be fascinating. Because when I looked at this, it says they were not of us. They were of us, they were, in, they were with us, but they weren't of us. It never, never sunk in, never, never took root. I don't know if that reminds you then of the parable of the soils. Where there was the, the seed that fell beside the road and the birds came and immediately plucked it up. There was the ones that, that fell um, uh, among the rocky stuff. It sprouted for a little bit, but then it lasted very long. The one that grew up in the thorns and got choked out by the thorns or by the weeds, and the one was in the good soil. And and so the Antichrist remind me of the rocky road. Uh, the, the stuff right beside the road. They they were there, but they never never got it. I found it interesting that. Of all the Gospels, John doesn't use that parable. But guess what? John heard that parable, just didn't put it in his book. But here I can see that teaching in exactly what he's trying to teach to the church that he's writing to. Here's this group of people. The seed fell. The sower, Jesus Christ, was out there sowing the seed. The Gospel had been sowed, but it never, ever took root. It was carried off. And then he goes and he says, because I'm all focused on the Antichrist. But John's not writing to the Antichrist. Again, interesting as I'm looking at the text. Because the Antichrist aren't there to hear it, are they? Because they've moved on. But he's writing it to the people that are still there. And he says to them as... For you ask for you when i read about the antichrist what i want to do I, I want to go out and debate them i want to go out and tell them it's wrong i want to invite them it back in but but to get it right this time to tell them that they're standing in opposition But that's not how John deals with it. He doesn't ask them to go out. Hey, you all need to go get the ones that left. They they kind of leaked out. You need to go get them and bring them back. He doesn't say that. He doesn't ask the people in the church to fix those that have gone out. But he says, ask for you. And he talks about this, the idea of the separation from the Antichrist. We need to be separated from the Antichrist. Why? Because they're teaching doctrine that is in opposition to the gospel. That's what's going on. Those Antichrists, they want an audience with you. They want to persuade you to come over to their side because they always felt like they were more elevated. That's usually usually how that works out, right? And so you you need to guard yourself against them. Abide, abide in Christ. Remember that when we started out, the song that we that I referenced when we got up here. There's nothing better than you. Graves in the gardens. There's nothing better than you. When we really, really grasp that, will we walk away from Christ? When you understand everything that He's done for you, when you understand the sin and what it had done to you and what it was going to do to you, what your eternity was without Christ, why would you not stay with the one who set you free? You've got to understand who he is and what he's done. And so what John is that reminder to abide in him, to stay rooted and attached. What happens when you take the branch away from the vine and pull it off? Withers and dies. If we want life, we want to abide in Him. We want to stay attached to the vine. We want to stay attached to the vine. Embrace eternal life. The idea of embracing eternal life. We didn't have that on our own. We can't earn that on our own. We don't have eternal life by being good. We have eternal life because Jesus died on the cross, and shed his blood for us. He becomes our propitiation. Which John has already talked about He's our advocate. And his, his blood, he became the propitiation for our sins, the covering for our sins. Embrace eternal life. And that last thing that he references is the idea of grow. I know that some of you have put a garden out. I have not, okay? But I know that, that when you put that garden out, do you, in, I marvel at the guy next door. He's got like 50 tomato plants outside of his apartment there. And I, I get to walk by and see. And every time I walk by, I expect what? The plant to be a little taller. And eventually, there'll be these little green things on there called tomatoes, Right? And ev- eventually those green tomatoes will turn red. And then they'll be ready to put on a BLT. They'll be ready to put on a hamburger. Or they'll be ready to put in a salad if you want to waste them that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? I mean, we expect that you plant those things in the garden. You expect that the farmer didn't put corn out there and beans out there to watch it stay dirt, did he? He put those things in the ground so that they would grow up and so they could be a harvest. God is in your life and He expects growth. The gospel has been planted in your life and it's not meant to lay dormant in the ground. It's meant to grow and to flourish and to become something far more beautiful than it when it began. To be a witness to the world, to be a light to the world, We are expected to grow. So, you know, if we we do these things to separate ourselves from the teaching of the Antichrist, to recognize the teaching of the Antichrist, to recognize, you know, what's opposite of the gospel? You and I need to know that. We need to understand that. What's the, we did the doctrine class when we talked about the Baptist faith and message. And we need to understand who we are and what we believe so that when somebody's out there teaching something contrary to it, we can recognize it as, as fake, right? We want to know that. How many of you want to buy a knockoff something? You know, they stamp their, their name on it and it's not really that. You know, it just, it just you know. You, you thought you were getting a Cadillac and it's a Hugo with a Cadillac sticker on it. It's not good. We want to know those things, so understand who we are. Understand the teachings so you can recognize the antichrist. Abide in Christ. How do we abide? How do we embrace eternal life? How do we grow? In a couple minutes, I'm going to show you the have you read. It's as simple as getting out the Bible you have and consistently reading being involved in the church, being involved in the body, being involved in the class so you can be prompted to grow, so you can hear others as they walk through the same, you know, look around you. Everybody here faces somewhat of the same challenges. It comes from different directions, from different people, from different workplaces. But we're trying to walk with Christ as John's describing together. So learn from one another. What are we going to do with the Scripture? In other words, we just read through this. We talked about the Antichrist. Here's the thing. We often want to identify the Antichrist. We want to name that name and then do nothing with our life. Because we've identified. Well, that's the bad guy. Jesus is coming soon. That's the bad guy. When John talks about the Antichrist, it's not an identification of who they are as much as it is what you ask for you. So in other words, John is expecting them to take action, not the Antichrist. So what action are we going to take after having read this Scripture that John has written to the church about those that are not of us anymore? They were never of us. They were here, but they went out. What what do we want to do? Here's your action steps for this week. Know your doctrine. Do a doctrine study. The Baptist faith and message would be a great place to start because that's what it is. It's doctrine. We can call it Baptist faith and message, but it's doctrine. D-O-C-T-R-I-N-E. Okay? You can look that up. It talks about the scriptures. It talks about God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Talks about salvation, talks about man, and it goes on there. Those first ones are key. Know your doctrine. Know what you believe so you don't get taken off the track there. I'm going to ask you this question. Um, You already know that it's poison ivy season, right? Yes. Yes, okay. I have a testimonial back there. You have been taught to be able to identify poison ivy. If you get it, you know what it looks like. And what are you trying to do when you're like, oh, here's some poison ivy, let me pick it. No, you avoid it like the plague. I have it on my property, I get it normally. But I know what it is, or at least I think so. And, and, and I, it looks so nice and juicy, right? I mean, just, that's, it's just it just wants to leap off there at the leaves and get me. You know what it is. Poison ivy will come and go. But the damage of an antichrist may take you away and make you wither up. Because you detach yourself from the vine. What I would like for you to do, this is your homework to work on. How would you identify an antichrist? Look at what John says there and make you a cheat sheet. You know that little picture? That's poison ivy. That's an antichrist. Because it's more important that you avoid the antichrists than it is that you avoid poison ivy. So that's your homework. Make your own cheat sheet. Make Make that out so you know the teachings and the people to avoid. We're going to give an invitation here and just when I'm done talking. And what that invitation is for is for you to respond. You may already, you know, we talk about the action steps, you may need to take action now. And that may, maybe you're praying for somebody. Maybe you're praying for your own protection. You can come down here and pray, know that everybody that's behind you They're going to be praying for you. That's the rule. So somebody comes down here, don't wonder what they're down here for, but pray for them. You may feel compelled to come and pray with them, but pray with them from wherever you're at, whether you come or not. You also may, you may want to come, just this last Friday, I made a trip in here, people from IBSA was down, and over there on that side, we put a chair down, and we began to talk about Blake. Blake Harding, who's no longer here. But the story is Blake Harding surrendered to the ministry and he's actually doing what God has called him to do over in Highland Avenue Baptist Church. He's a youth minister, children's minister over there. Maybe God is calling you to do something. It might be a missionary. It might be a preacher. It might be a children's minister. Whatever it might be, what that, that's the invitation time for you to make that, that decision and share that with us, and help you walk through that process. Maybe it is today that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may not even have any clue how to fix that. Here's the invite. If you feel like God is leading you, calling you to be saved, you come and make your way down here. And we'll talk to you about what it means to be saved, how you can do that because of what he has done for you. We're going to stand. Whatever God leads you to do, if God leads you, then make your move down here, and we will, we will work with you. Let's stand.
0: in his hand He knows my name He knows my every thought He sees his tear that falls and hears me when I call have a father, and he calls me his own. He'll never Oh,
1: Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. And Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together with our brothers and sisters. Father, to bring our praise, to bring our thanks to you, to draw closer to you. Father, I pray that as we walk out of these doors, Lord, we would walk out changed. We would walk out with the desire to draw closer to you. And Father, we would live as light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple of things before you walk out the door. Um, the, the, those stands are out there. If you guys have a prayer request, I didn't say that earlier, but if you grab a piece of paper or even one of the offering envelopes and you write on that, we'll get the prayer request out of there and that will be shared. That will go out tomorrow morning in the email. If, I don't have, if you're not getting the, an email from the church, it's because I don't have your email address. Okay, so if you would drop your email address in there or give it to me, I'll make sure that you get the news, you'll get, get your newsletter, but you'll get, there's three emails a week that go out. Try not to be annoying, but three emails that go out a week, try to keep you updated on what we're praying for and what's going on. So I encourage you to do that. I have you reads so are going to show up in there, and you can actually click the link if you want to flip the slide there, and uh, you know, you, the little First Chronicles 29 will be in blue, and you click it, it'll take you to the website, and you can read it there, and uh, you can read some other stuff there. Everyone will have that click that you can do. So I encourage you to be part of that. Now next week, I know it's Memorial Day weekend. I hope you're here. Because you know what? We're baptizing next Sunday morning. Okay. There's a little boy in the back. It's ready to get wet. I also believe that we're going to have another one present themselves for baptism at the front end of the service before. We've been doing that for a while. And so I'm, un- I'm under the understanding someone will present themselves next Sunday. I know the one that's going to get baptized, hoping for two. But you know what? I wouldn't be satisfied if we had 10 baptized. Okay? We need to know Jesus eternally. And so I encourage you, if God is speaking to you, the motorcycles out there, come by and stop and talk to me. You've got a friend near, next to you that's, that knows Christ. They can tell you you don't need to talk to the preacher about it. I, I, don't have any, I don't have any magical card or anything like that. They can tell you about Jesus, and then you can come and present yourself having confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. One other thing that I'll announce to you last week. see we, you want to hand me that book there? last week we got these in and so these are in the middle room i'm actually going to ask lisa will you go there Teresa didn't know she'd make it down i've held this service for long enough she should be there but there if you were here during the service there would be a piece of paper in here with your name on it okay so if you're family to somebody who's not here but was here go out and take a peek to see if they're there when we get all those handed out if you need if you would like a book we'll see if we have extras and if, you, if there's enough, then we'll just order more. Okay, they did a really good job up at the Binder in Girard and so happy with it and happy to have celebrated 100 years, and now we're long, 100 years, of taking the gospel message to our community and to the ends of the earth. So, y'all good? You ready to go? Let me think about it. See you later.